Well, good morning and welcome, everybody, to our morning service, whether you're here with us in person in the building or if you're watching online. This morning, we're continuing in our sermon series in the book of Philippians, and we've come on to a wonderful and uh, familiar passage to many of you, I'm sure, in chapter two, which focuses on the humility and the servant heart of Jesus. And as followers of Christ, we are called also to have that same mindset as Christ. The Apostle Paul, the writer of the letter, speaks personally of how much joy it brings to his heart when he hears that the Christians in Philippi are expressing the love they've received from the Lord in their relationships with one another. Paul says this in verses 1 and 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. We come together as our diverse uh, group of people of different ages and their personalities and backgrounds, but united by the fact that we love Christ and we know that he loves us. So let's pray to him now. Father God, we thank you that we can gather this morning as those who know and rely on the love that you have for us. Thank you for the way in which you showed your love among us. You sent your one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Help us this morning to grow in the knowledge of that love. Help us to express it in our love for one another. And thank you that if we love one another, it shows that you live in us and your love is made complete in us. So may our time of worship together be honoring to you. May it be encouraging to us. May your spirit open our minds to see wonderful things in your word. And as we share in the Lord's Supper later on, may we rejoice in the unity that we have in Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Alan Gibson is now going to come and uh, lead us in our prayers, and then Elizabeth will bring us our reading from Philippians uh, chapter 2. How good is the God we adore, our faithful, unchangeable friend, whose love is as great as his power and knows neither measure nor end. It is Jesus, the first and the last, whose spirit shall guide us safe home. We'll praise him for all that is past and trust him for all that's to come. Gracious Father, we come this morning to adore you, to lift our hearts to you in praise for who you are in yourself. We have much to thank you for, but we praise you for your amazing love for us, for the incredible beauty of all that you mean to us, for the sovereignty you have shown in your wise dealings with us. Truly, we can say, how good is the God we adore. We can only bring you words in our prayer, but Lord, we bring you the adoration of our hearts as we draw near to you 
in Jesus' name. We thank you that Jesus is a friend to us, a faithful and unchangeable friend. And so we pray this morning for those here among us who need a friend in a particular way, for those who feel somewhat lonely and isolated, perhaps hurt or confused, not sure what to do. Lord, be our, be our friend, be our faithful friend. We pray for those who serve you in the Meadowcroft service. We know how often when they're asked to choose hymns, they always choose what a friend we have in Jesus. We pray that there may be people in that place who may feel that others have forgotten them to know that you, Lord Jesus, do not forget them. We come to praise you for all that is past. I want to praise you, Lord, for your help to me in these past months. And there are many of us who look back and see your hand upon us and see that it is a good hand. We thank you, Lord, for your hand on Dave Green, who was here only a few days ago and is now 10,000 miles away. We thank you for taking him safely to PNG. We pray that you'll help him in his settling down and finding friends and wherever he's worshipping you today. We thank you, Lord, for the help you've given to David and Binny Mokia in their service for you in India, for the perseverance that you've given to them despite the opposition that they face. Thank you for the ministry that David has already preached. It's hours ago in our time, but you know his concern that Sunday by Sunday to open your word. We thank you for helping him. And we do thank you for keeping vulnerable believers in hostile backgrounds, so many who are hated for the very name of Jesus and yet you have kept them. But Lord, we are also here this morning to trust you for what is to come. We pray for what's going to come in the next few minutes as the children and young people go out to face hearing more about Jesus. We pray for the preaching of your word today for Colin and Saab that you will give grace to them to make them a blessing to us. We pray that you will, Heavenly Father, change us where we need to be changed. We pray for ourselves as a as a local church who are the God of our future. You are the God of the future. We pray that our pathway may truly be led by you. And so we ask you to be with us in the week ahead, in the activities of the church, in our workplace, in our home, amongst our families. Lord, we need you, but we trust you. And we thank you, Lord, for your promise that the Holy Spirit will guide us 
safe home. This is such a a comfort to us, Lord, that in Jesus we have a safe home to go to. And we pray for any who are here today who don't yet have that security in Jesus. We pray for your Holy Spirit to deal graciously and powerfully among us. Lord, we pray that there will be conviction of sin, that there will be repentance, that there will be those who see the wonderful willingness of Jesus to receive all who come in the name of Jesus to the cross. Lord, receive us and our prayers today in the name of Jesus, our Redeemer. Amen. The reading today is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, Elizabeth, uh, for reading what is a wonderful passage. Uh, Let's uh, come together in prayer before we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we do pray for your spirit to be at work among us this morning. We pray, as it has been said, that you would change us, that we would be more like our Lord Jesus as a result of hearing your word, that we would be conformed more into your image, and that we would live for your glory. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember when I was in high school, when I wasn't a Christian, and there was a boy in my class who had a wristband on. And so as I drew closer to him, I started to read these letters. W-W-J-D. And I said to him, so what, what do those letters stand for? To which he said, well, what would Jesus do? As lots of uh, people wear maybe uh, similar bands, or they used to wear similar uh, bands to these. 
or maybe put uh, stickers up, perhaps to use them uh, to start conversations with other people that people might ask, well, what, what does that mean? Uh, sometimes I remember in school, sometimes it would work, but sometimes it would make things harder, especially being us as awful teenage boys. Uh, we would point out the times that they didn't do what Jesus would do. Because as, as Christians today, certainly we want to live like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Uh, but as we'll see this morning, we firstly have to look to what Jesus has done before we think about what we do. Because Jesus is at work in our lives, transforming us, changing us to be more like him. And as you read through this passage, you see there is one big command in verse 5. In our relationships with one another, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Have the same mindset as Christ. That is the big, the big idea, I guess, of the passage. And we firstly do that as we are united with Christ. From verse 1, Paul, he uses the word therefore, which is always a pointer to say, well, what has gone before? He calls the Philippians previously to, to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. Because there's some people from out with the church that are opposed to them, the church there in Philippi. And he encourages them to, to stand firm, stand firm in one faith, in one spirit, because there's also opposition from out with and from within, opposition against the gospel. And so he says from verse 1 to 2, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Paul's call is to be united together in Christ. United with Christ so that we will be able to endure suffering, suffering for Christ. As this suffering was, was caused by those outside the church and from some people from within the church as well. And that's why he wants to highlight all that they share together in Christ. To remind them of what they have. As he speaks of being encouraged and of being comforted from the love, the tenderness and the compassion of Christ. He writes of the, the joy that it will bring him if they are like-minded and they have the same love by the same spirit his point is not just to be to be nice people and do nice things but rather knowing who we are in jesus fuels our hearts to live for jesus knowing who we are in jesus fuels our hearts to live for jesus it is christ's love that compels us to be of one heart and one mind. And that's really when you can tell that someone has grasped the gospel for themselves, that it has gripped their hearts so much that they, they love to, to be alongside, to share life with other Christians, with other believers. Having the same mind, it, it doesn't mean that we all are, are clones of one another. God doesn't want us to, be, to, to become robots. 
but rather, as one commentator says, having the same love defines what being like-minded means. And we all love Jesus. And so it means that because God has given us a new heart and a new mind in Christ, we will often find that actually we have far more in common with someone that that loves Jesus and lives for them than perhaps any friend from from school or any friend from our social club or maybe a, a colleague in work or even a close family member who doesn't know Christ. Because to to be like-minded is to seek the same goal. And what is that goal? Well, it's, it's reminding myself of all that I share in Christ together with all God's people as we are bound up together in his love. The ancient uh, philosopher Aristotle, he, he speaks of, of friendship like this. As he says, having the same mind and spirit is like having souls together. That our souls are joined together. He describes deep friendship like having one soul between them. Maybe a biblical example, you think of, of David and Jonathan. That same sense of kindred spirit. That same soul connection. Some of the early church fathers even mentioned that as well. They spoke of it in similar ways. Such is the depth of connection, the depth of love and friendship that we can have with other Christians. But often people today, they might not think of, of, of love in that way. They might think of soul sharing like perhaps the scene from Jerry Maguire, who says, well, you complete me. And because for many today, looking for fulfillment, looking for that soul connection, it is found in romance in relationships of love in romance. And some, someone else uh, is someone that they are looking towards to complete them. But truly no man or no woman is ever made to fill that hole, to satisfy our soul. Our empty soul can only be filled by the love of Jesus. And then when we know that love, then we can live in Christian, Christian community that we can show that love to others. Maybe through, through home groups, maybe through, through Bible studies with other people, maybe as we serve alongside other people. We can build good, solid, healthy Christian friendships. That we don't look to other people to complete us. We know who we are in Christ. We are complete in Christ. But we seek to love one another in light of the love that we have received in Christ. Friendships are never going to be ideal. Uh, They're never perfect. But I guess the call is that we would be proactive in pursuing friendships, Christian friendships with one another, that we wouldn't find ourselves on an island, but that we would enjoy the love that we share together in Christ. As the call is really to have the same mindset as Christ, as we are united with Christ, and secondly, We're to have the same mindset as Christ as we live selflessly. We live selflessly. As Paul's call to the church in Philippi and us today, it is really this, to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, 
but each of you to the interests of others. In the light of the opposition from out with the church and from divisions within the church, Paul calls the people of Philippi to not pursue their own selfish ambitions, but rather the interests of others. Value them more than yourselves. Seek their good and not your own. Well, as we think about unity and working together, it makes me think really of the of rugby. <laughs> the Six Nations has just started and you can ask Jeff how Wales got on yesterday. <laughs> but it reminds me, in terms of unity, <laughs> try not to be disunity, build disunity, but in terms of unity, as we look uh, to, to build that together, it does remind me of the front row of a rugby scrum. Imagine, if you will, for a moment that I'm the guy with the headband, the, the man in the middle, the number two. And then I'm at, on my right, you have uh, the tight head forward. He's normally the biggest man on the field. He's normally anything between 19 to 21 stone, uh, a tank of a man, uh, a mountain, uh, uh, just a hulk, a man of pure granite. So let's say, I don't, I don't know, if, if we were to call this, call this man something, let's call him, I don't know, Alistair. Let's just call him Alistair. So then you have Alistair on my right, and then on my left you have the loose head forward. You have, he's normally a little bit leaner, a little bit more mobile, a bit, a bit of a better ball hander generally. And so let's call him, I don't know, Nigel. <laughs> and so you can imagine the scene as we bind up together with the three of us in the front and five in behind, all bound up together. All eight of us packed down against the opposition as the referee calls crouch, touch, pause, engage. It's great fun being in there. <laughs> and we push together with all our might, tightly bound together as we advance together as one. But if, for example, Alistair says, I'm going to go off and do my own thing, if he does his own thing, then the opposition will push us back and probably trample over us. And once painfully, that did happen to me. But if we lay down our own desires and instead work with and for one another, then we will not only stay together, but we will advance together. Because we are united together. We are bound tight together. Because as those who are in Christ, we are bound together in the love of Christ. Because we love one another, don't we? We love one another. And so therefore we go, therefore we go forward together, united together in love, in Christ. And friends, surely that must be our goal as Christians, to be bound together in love, to go forward together in love. Because we know the love of Christ, and we want to go forward united in that way. And so we lay down our agendas, 
and we seek the good of others ahead of our own. We know that to be the case as well as perhaps if we're at home. You think of that if you've got children. If you were to just look after yourself and not your children, you'd be a pretty bad parent. Because we want to encourage and often sacrifice for our children. Because we love them. And the same is true in marriage as well. Because if we live selfless lives as parents, husbands, wives, children, or even perhaps as as single people with family distant from us, then surely the, the question that we must ask if we live selflessly is, how can I help? How can I serve others to see them flourish? How may they flourish as I give myself to them? Uh, there was also another recent update. If you think of the world of sport, there's also one man who has had a big announcement as well. Jorgen Klopp and his departure uh, this summer uh, from Liverpool. I think the banks of the river are bursting with the tears of the Liverpool fans at the moment. Because they're, they're probably very tearful and very upset. Yes, because they have won pretty much everything with Liverpool. Uh, but also because they love him. They love this man because he doesn't just care about the players and their performances. He cares about them as people. He loves them. And in fact, as a Christian man, he wants to put the interests of others above his own. Yes, clearly he wants to win, but he does so because he loves other people. Surely that must be our posture as well. As we ask, is there a need here? Is there a need in any ministry? Maybe that is to to pray for our missionaries, to pray for those in need. Maybe it's to to join a ministry, to to serve with children through the week, with toy box, with baby box, with Friday at 7, with other activities on a Sunday as well. Maybe it's to consider our giving as we think about giving to the Lord and for the good of others, for the people here, for the gospel work here and to the nations that we would be generous and sacrificial in the way in which we give. Perhaps it's just to to connect with other ministries, maybe Spectrum Arts Ministry or Contact as we help those who are retired. We give ourselves that we would see them flourish in their lives as well. As we focus not on ourselves, but on others. Because we have the same mindset as Christ. We do that as we are united with Christ. We live selflessly. And lastly, we look to Christ. We look to Christ. The point of having the the same mind as Christ is is mentioned in chapter 4. As Paul, later on, he he addresses two people by name, whose names I can barely pronounce, Judea and Syntychia, where where he calls them uh, to be of uh, one mind in the Lord. One mind in the Lord. Paul's point really is to be firstly aware of the opposition from outside the church, but then secondly to be aware of the conflicts from within the church. And to lay down our own desires and privileges and and rights and simply to own our own sin. To repent of things that we are responsible for and to be reconciled to one another. That's what he calls them to do. That's what he calls us to do. 
as we embrace the truth that, that union in Jesus, being united to Jesus, should transform the way that we think about one another. Because ultimately we focus on what unites us, not what divides us. We must focus on what unites us, not what divides us. And what does unite us? Jesus does. Our Lord Jesus Christ unites us together as his people. As we look to our, not to ourselves, but we look to Christ. As Paul says from verse 5 and then into verse 6, which is a hymn of Christ. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's interesting that, that Paul, he says in verse 5, to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Christ pointing to his divine nature and Jesus pointing to his human. As being God, he did not use his power and authority to rule over people and domineer for his own gain. But instead he made himself a servant, or it can be translated a slave, as the God of the whole universe became a man, Christ Jesus. And he humbled himself to, to death, even death being nailed naked on a Roman cross, crucified. And this is the picture of the glory of the gospel. As our God gives, he gives and gives and gives and gives again. He gives his best in giving us his son. And he lowers himself again and again and again. Because in all other religions, we work our way up to God. In Islam, we do our best and God measures us on, our, on the scales of justice, whether we do more good than bad. In Judaism, we do our very best to fulfill the law and show our righteousness. In Roman Catholicism, God gives us grace, but then we have to do our best. And then maybe on the last day, maybe it will be enough. In any other way of thinking, be that religious or not, we do our best by working our way up. We try our best. But wonderfully, in the gospel, Christ comes down to us. The Lord Jesus Christ humbles himself and comes down to us. He dies on a cross for us, for our sins, that we would be reconciled to him. As the innocent one dies so that the guilty, us, would go free. Free and forgiven. Forgiven of all of our sins. Because as we look to Christ, we do so in the full knowledge that we don't worship a dead Savior. We worship a risen Lord. As Christ humbled himself to the point of death. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place 
and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And as we trust in Christ, we have life in his name. We have life because in his resurrection, death has no hold anymore. And now today, he reigns in heaven, still as fully man and fully God, the Lord of all creation. He reigns over everything. And so now we're able to live like Christ when we look to Christ in faith. Because for Jesus to be our example, he must first be our saviour. Do you know him as your saviour? Do you know him as your Lord? We can only do what Jesus would do when we believe what Jesus has done. We look to Jesus and his work for us. Because Jesus is our saviour and he is our Lord. The one with all power and authority to judge everyone. The one to whom every single person will have to give an account on the last day. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The one who rules over everything. He is the King. As we confess that truly Jesus is Lord and I am not. Our Lord reigns and I don't. Personally, I was made really acutely aware of that recently. Um, in in July, I got a phone call about three weeks after getting married uh, from a hospital near Glasgow. And the nurse phoned and asked me, uh, am I speaking to Colin? Yes, I said, yes, you are, yeah. We, she said, we have your, your dad here. He's in intensive care and he's just had a heart attack. I said, what? Well, my dad's had a heart attack? <laughs> are you sure? Yes, she said, we're, we're all asking just close family to come. It is a matter of urgency that you come. So late on a Friday afternoon, we drove up to Glasgow, getting there probably in the middle of the night. And then the next morning, we went as a family to the hospital. We went along in the morning and we, we saw my dad. He was connected with, with tubes and uh, wires. And I went in with my mum and he, he sat there, well, he lay there. Uh, and as he was actually awake, he said to us, he looked at us actually, and he said, uh, it's okay, it's okay. I'm in the Lord's hands. I'm in the Lord's hands. What a truth. Our God reigns. And we are in his hands. Praise the Lord. My, my dad is healthy now and I thank you for your prayers. But whatever, whatever we may be going through in our life, know that you are in the Lord's hands. Because our God reigns. Jesus Christ reigns. Whatever battles we may face, either individually 
or whatever trials we may face as a church, we look to Christ and know that he reigns over all of it. It's the Lord's church. It's not mine. We are but his servants. And let us truly believe in the depths of our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that he is the king, and that we are united to him and in his hands as his power brings us peace. And there is no better place to be. Let us look to Christ and trust in him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the one who reigns above all things, that we are united to you, that we are united to one another through you. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to live lives which are selfless, help us to lay down our own desires and seek the good of others, that we would be a blessing to them. We pray, Lord, that you would help us Not that we are good people, but that you are good and you've shown your goodness to us through Jesus, giving himself for us, for our sins, that we would be transformed to live for you and your glory. And so we pray, Father, we pray that you would help us. If we have to repent of anything, help us to do that. Help us to lay it down and help us to look to you in faith going forward together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of our service. If you'd like to pray with somebody, do please use the prayer ministry team. who will be over in this corner with the red lanyards or just ask somebody close by you to pray with you. Um, please stay for refreshments, a tea or a coffee. And this evening we're back here at six o'clock when Saab will be continuing the series uh, from Joshua. But let's close now with uh, the benediction and the sending out. Go into God's world with joy, peace, love and hope in your hearts and the blessing of almighty God, creator, redeemer and sustainer be with you all. Amen.